Welcome to Being Better Podcast, where we explore the things that make us happier, wiser, and more productive beings. Hi, my name is Julia, and I am your host. Every week, I take a concept, a technique, or a story to learn how it can make us better. I hope that this show can help you become the person you've always wanted to be. So, here we go. and welcome back to the podcast or welcome to the podcast if this is your first time here. I'm very happy you joined us and I hope your day is going great. My voice might not be on point today because yesterday in the evening I spent some time outside and I just wore my shorts and well I think my voice is suffering from that right now. So sorry about that. But you might be surprised about this episode because, well, it's an extra episode. I have actually planned to make an extra episode for a good couple of weeks now. But anytime I have prepared an episode beforehand, it just ended up being the main episode for the podcast. And I just couldn't find the time to make another one until now. So here's an extra episode. I hope that in the next couple of weeks, it's going to be more likely that there are going to be extra episodes because I have some more time on my hands. And when it comes to the recommendation of this week, I think I want to talk about Men's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And Viktor Frankl is a psychiatrist from Austria and he was a prisoner in Auschwitz during the World War II and he writes in Men's Search for Meaning his experience in Auschwitz, and then what he learned through that experience, and how that experience helped him become a better psychiatrist, and how he invented logotherapy through that. Logotherapy is, I think I can explain it as therapy through the search for the meaning of life. One of the main themes in his memoir is Frankl's view that, well, we cannot avoid suffering, but we can choose how to cope with it and find meaning in it and move forward with a renewed purpose. And if you know me, you know that this is something that I can, that I really agree with. And this is one of the most important truths that I base my life on, because I believe that we as humans, one of our biggest abilities and most important abilities in our lives is the ability to choose how we react to what life gives us. And so I want to share a quote with you, one of my favorite quotes from the book. There is also purpose in that life which is almost barren of both creation and enjoyment and which admits of but one possibility of high moral behavior, namely in man's attitude to his existence, an existence restricted by external forces. A creative life and a life of enjoyment are bound to him, but not only creativeness and enjoyment are meaningful. If there is a meaning in life at all, then there must be meaning in suffering. Suffering is an ineradicable part of life, even as fate and death. Without suffering and death, human life cannot be complete. The way in which a man accepts his fate and all the suffering it entails, the way in which he takes up his cross, gives him ample opportunity, even under the most difficult circumstances, to add a deeper meaning to his life. 
So I would really recommend reading Men's Search for Meaning. It is a surprisingly, well, I would say optimistic read. I expected that reading about his experience in Auschwitz would be very hard. And sure, it was, but the way he viewed his experience and the way he writes about it makes you appreciate what you have and also makes you realize that there is light and good things that can be found in even the most difficult situations in our life. So you can probably get this book wherever you get books, online or in libraries, because it's pretty old, but that makes it easily accessible. And now I want to move on to the main topic of this episode. And I hope that you can hold your breath for a long time because we'll be diving deep into this time, uh, the dark side of productivity. And I want to talk about the danger of constantly working, constantly going, never stopping and only focusing on being effective. Because as much as I think that productivity in aiming for the right thing is something admirable, I also think that productivity for productivity's sake is a waste of our most precious resource, which is time. And yet, it is something that most of us, including myself, fall prey to in our journey with self-improvement or whatever it is that you are working on. I mean, it can be with your work or with your school or when doing some housework. Whatever activity you choose, I think we often find ourselves some tasks to get done just to feel like we are working, just to make ourselves believe that we are being productive and therefore that we are worthwhile. Because I think these days in our merit-based productivity hustle culture, the amount of things that you create and your effectiveness and the amount of time you spend working is equated with your worth. And I think this is something incredibly, incredibly toxic and what directly contributes to the rising levels of depression and anxiety. And that is just because we are unable to rest and we are unable to stop working and stop thinking about the next task And when I say we, I mean myself, but I presume that a lot of you also struggle with that. But I want to for a second talk about my own experience. And for me, I realize this toxic part of productivity when I have a very busy month, when I just, you know, keep going, keep grinding and hustling. And very often these tasks aren't that important, but I just still put so much pressure on myself to do them but then when I finish everything I had to do I often find myself just not knowing what to do with my day once the schedule is empty I have this feeling of well what now and it's then that I realize that I am not doing these things because I have a need to do them No, these tasks are just time fillers that feel good because, I mean, let's be honest, it feels great to be productive and to tick off positions of your to-do list. So I can spend a month or two or even more working on these projects, you know, hustling and grinding and being, quote, productive without ever raising my head and looking around and realizing, why am I even doing this? 
So this is one way that productivity can be toxic. And the other is that when I finally have some downtime, when I'm spending time with my friends or I'm going for a walk or something, it feels like I shouldn't be doing this, that I should be working instead of doing this. And I think this feeling that caring about our relationships, caring about our health, resting and sleeping is not productive. I think this mindset is also so, so unhealthy. And I really put effort now into catching myself whenever I feel like I, I, don't, I shouldn't be doing this. I, shouldn't, I should be working now. And when I catch myself that I have this mindset, I really try to, I don't know, you know, get some cold water and splash it on my face and kind of give myself a slap on the face because this is really not what life is about. And I think we kind of forgot what life is about in that sense because when someone asks us, how are you doing? The most common answer is, well, busy. And we say busy as if we are very proud of the fact that we are busy. Busy in a good way, that's something that we want to brag about. And I think saying, good, I'm happy, I'm healthy, my relationships are thriving, is something more admirable, something that we should look up to more than, you know, just working for 15 hours a day. And I think that why working so hard is so addictive and productivity can be so addictive is because it makes you unable to live in any other possible way. What I mean by that is that when you focus so much on productivity, you are almost unable to work because you like working and work and rest and take some time to think and it kind of turns you into this robot whose only ability is to work and a personal example of that is that very often after a busy time like this when I managed to complete all the tasks I I often have like a problem with time management and I don't really know what to do with myself because, you know, I've been working so much on these things that actually aren't meaningful. Um, but I have just worked so, so much that I don't really know what actually is meaningful. And often it's as if I just want someone to tell me what to do and give me another to-do list with points to tick off as done. And I realize how toxic and how unhealthy it is even though it happens less and less to me I think it is still a danger and productivity and focusing on being effective without realizing why you're being effective can be something so so detrimental to our health and I think that this is all a result of right this current hustle culture where we just want to do more, we want to achieve more, and we want everything to just be more, be bigger, be faster, be smarter and better. And, you know, there are these productivity apps and productivity tools and productivity advice being thrown everywhere you go. 
and people on social media, you know, bragging about how much they have been working today or that they have slept only for four hours so they could work for the other 20. And I think this pressure makes us want to squeeze as much as we can into a single day. And as I said, this is not necessarily bad, but with that said, I think I would just advise everyone to be careful because right is it good to have plans is it good to be effective and work hard of course there's like no issue with that and I don't want to act like a hypocrite and pretend that I'm not a part of it because I do make content about productivity probably more at the beginning than the content I make now but I probably contribute to the societal pressure even if it's unintentionally because the productivity that I want to talk about is different because I believe that when you have your goals and your definition of success figured out then improving productivity can be very helpful however I need to stress that what is crucial is to take a moment and to understand the why why you are working so hard what are you trying to achieve and what would happen if the work that you are doing would disappear working hard is not the issue but the point is where are you going and do you even know a what you are doing and b why you are doing that because i think so many people now think that they want a specific thing that they have a specific goal it might be that they want to make more money or that they want status or that they want fame or, or possessions. Whatever it is that they want, you know, this is um, called cravings and desires. And for example, in Buddhism, these desires and expectations are what is believed to lead us to suffering. Desires and cravings lead to suffering. But in our Western culture, not knowing how harmful the feeling of desire can be, we hustle and do more and more without putting too much reflection on the why. And again, this is not to judge anybody's lifestyle. If what I'm talking about here is helpful to you, then take it. And if it's not, it's not a big issue. I just want to say that the why is so important because in today's world, if you're willing to work and set your mind on something, you can get pretty much anywhere you want. For instance, there's a huge amount of technology you can use and you'll be successful if you, for example, want to have a big following on social media. There's a way to do that. There are gurus and seminars and people you can pay for followers and probably many, many other tactics that I have no idea about. If you hustle, it's possible. And if you want, you will get there. But again, the point I'm trying to make is think about what will happen when you actually get there. So now imagine that you have these millions of views and you have the attention and the fame and people are praising you. Are you happy? Genuinely, are you happy? You know, there was this monk whose speech I watched, I don't know, some time ago, who talked about the people that come to him for help and he said that the people who quote made it are the ones that later in life come to him as their therapist and they would talk about how you know they have this kind of lifestyle and that they achieved their goals and their dreams and yet 
they can't even sleep, their relationships are suffering, they cannot connect to their children and they cannot connect to their partners and what's even worse, they cannot connect with themselves. So I want to use this experience of the many people who are, you know, quote, successful and rich and famous and feel empty. So I want to use their experience as a warning to both you and me, because God knows I struggle with this. So I propose that before we go on this path of, you know, working hard and grinding, which again, there's nothing wrong with that. Working hard is a virtue. But before we go on that path, let's take some time to slow down and take time to get quiet and get still. Because the monk that I've talked about, um, he said that in Buddhism, stillness is the key to success. And it is crucial to learn how to purify our minds and understand the intention, understand and be aware of what's going on within and outside first and then go. Because otherwise, the next thing we'll be doing is that, you know, we are on the path of reaching our goals and we can just realize that, wait, this is not even where I want to be going. It's kind of like, you know, driving a car using a GPS while the address or the coordinates are not clear. Because you can drive in a race car that, you know, drives really fast and you can just put your feet to the pedal and go with the wind and never stop and always be driving. But then all of a sudden, a couple of days, you know, into that journey, you might be wondering, like, where am I going? What am I doing? I feel lost. And of course you will be lost because these coordinates are off. But then if you take some time to get clear on what is the destination and ask yourself, what do you value? What are you trying to achieve through doing it? And if happiness and peace of mind are part of your values, then does that goal align with, with these virtues? And it can take some time to clarify these things and to figure it out. Uh, it definitely is still a journey for me. And it's, it takes time because it takes time to, you know, get still and to understand our intentions and to take into account our values and who we are and what is the nature of, you know, all the things that drive us. But if we figure these things out, then I think that by slowing down, we can find, you know, a straight path to the end goal. And that path would be easier for us and easier also for the people around us. And then there's nothing wrong with productivity. If being productive is not the goal in itself, but when it is just a means to an end, then hardworkingness can become a virtue as it was intended. And before we finish, I also want to talk about why so many of us fall prey to the dark side of productivity, which can, you know, kind of become this void that sucks us in if we're not careful. Because like I said, productivity can be so addictive if productivity is just the end goal. And I think this is because being productive can easily be a distraction from what you think and what you feel. And there are a lot of people, including myself, that sometimes try to escape from that. I mean, this is scientifically proven as there is research that has found that people suffering from depression experience 
these episodes mostly when they are not working and when they have time to notice what's going on. So working and hustling and being productive and focusing on being effective can be an opportunity to get out of one's own head and escape from these negative emotions. And as much as I think work and a sense of usefulness is necessary for our mental well-being and is definitely something to consider when we are trying to recover from depression, I think that distracting ourselves from from these feelings of depression and anxiety or whatever it is that you are struggling with isn't the way to recover from it. So for the last time, there's nothing wrong with productivity and working hard when you have a clear goal. When you want to be a great actress or a musician or something like that, being productive in working to your goal is admirable. But productivity for productivity's sake is incredibly dangerous. And I don't want to be a hypocrite because I know that my content, even though recently I haven't really talked about productivity a lot, but I know that my content may contribute to the hustle culture. And I just want to put this message out there and put my opinion on this topic out there. So thank you so much for listening. And since this is an extra episode, I want to keep my insight of the week very brief. And I just, I guess I want to share some of my optimism with you because there are a lot of people right now who think that the society and the world that we are living in is so bad and there are so many problems and 2020 was the worst year and 2021 is even worse. And I think that looking back in history, looking, you know, even from the ancient Greece, I think right now the world is the best and the society is the best it has ever been. There's still so much room for improvement, but looking at wars, looking at education, looking at the way people are interested in health, the way we build connections, and the way we communicate with each other, the virtues that are praised in our society, all of those things are miles and miles and miles ahead and and better than what it was, you know, 10 or 20 or 30 and 40 or 50 years ago. I think we are improving and if I had the time machine, I wouldn't like to live in the past for sure. I don't know if I wanted to live in the future, but the thing is, if you think about it, the world right now is in the best place than it has ever been. Probably not climate-wise and probably, you know, we are very divided than we were before. But the way that, you know, people from developing countries have more opportunities than they used to, the way that we talk about equality and women's rights and gay rights, all these things, and that even if you are not doing great financially, you are still living pretty comfortably, granted that you are living somewhere where there are no wars and where there's help for unemployed people. It's probably not as bad as it could have been if you were living, you know, a century or two ago. I think these are things that we should appreciate. And like I said, there's still so much room for improvement. 
But I really disagree with the view that the world is so bad right now. And yeah, this is my dose of optimism for you. I don't know who needs it, but I'm sure that some people do. So thank you so much for listening to this shorter episode. And I hope that you can find some of the things that I talked about or any of the things that I talked about useful. And if you do, you can always share it with me via email. It is podcast.beingbetter at gmail.com or you can let me know on Instagram. It's at beingbetter.pod. So again, thank you so much for listening and I'll speak to you very, very soon. and produced by Julia Spohr. If you want to learn more, visit the website attached in the episode description or visit our Instagram page, which you can also find in the episode description or you can just search Being Better Podcast. If you want to support the show, there are a couple of ways to do that. The first one is just to tell your friends and your family about the show, tell them why you enjoy it and why they might enjoy it too. You can also share it on your social media platforms. Another way to support us is to write a review, rate and subscribe to the podcast because that helps new listeners find the show as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and I will speak to you in the next one.